You're now listening to the Bad Guy Radio production of Black and White featuring Green Eye Soup, Ozzy, and your boy King Mac. What's up, King Mac? I appreciate it. What's up, King Mac? You're now tuned in to another episode of the Black and White. We have a special guest here for you today. We have Ken Weircheck from At Future Socks. He's a writer over there. Those guys do great work as far as, you know, all of the uh, future prospects of the White Sox as far as covering the draft, as far as, you know, and they go pretty deep. I think they go 30 deep on their list sometimes, and then they go even after that, guys who just missed the top 30. And uh, they also have videos. They have guys that be at the uh, some of the uh, minor league games. So welcome, Ken. How you, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, hey. Fun to be here. Doing good, Ken. Hey, good to have on. you, Ken. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's nice to have, have you on. So how how is it for you guys over there now that everybody is pretty much focused on you know, the major league team because they're playing well, so nobody really watching prospects too much. Are, are you guys still getting the same amount of entrance o- over there as you was? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you know, it's still a you know, hot topic. You've got a lot of, you know, prospects coming up. You know, the Burgers, the She's, the Yermin, I guess, uh, you know, those types. The draft is always big for us. So um, it's probably dropped off, you know, somewhat, but, uh, you know, still, um, you know, a lot of activity, you know, we've got a lot of interesting prospects still, so still going, going pretty well. So as far as this 2021 draft, I mean, everybody's going to, you know, be interested in Coaster Montgomery and then West Calf. Uh, but one guy I want to start off with before, for those big guys is Cameron Butler. I mean, what, what are the thoughts on him? I mean, it's rare you see a, High school guy drafted in the fifteenth round, and you don't know if they're gonna sign or not. But you know, this guy has already said he he was gonna sign. So, are is he like a lottery ticket prospect, or is it something that you know for us White Sox fans to hang our hats on? No, I think uh, he's got some, some interest. I mean, he's uh, you know two hundred ten ranked prospect with uh, Baseball America, so um, you know it's pretty good to make that list as an eighteen year old. And, um, you know, he's, uh, you know, small school, I guess, but, um, you know, he's, he's really an interesting prospect and to get him in, in the later rounds and sign him is, uh, you know, pr- pretty positive. So, you know, I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I wouldn't discount anybody, um, good players are found up, found up and down the draft. So I think, uh, yeah, he's certainly an interesting guy to, uh, to watch develop here. No doubt. No doubt. I, I love, uh, Butler's tool. Uh, like I said before the show, I'm ready to say goodbye to Mike Trout, Ken. I'm done. I, I, I'm waiting on Cameron Butler right now to be on every billboard in Bridgeport. And I'll, I'll wait the five to six years. How long do you think he he got to spend in the microwave? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's tough to say with the, with the high school prospects, especially, you know, they come in, uh, you know, a little, little raw and, and they struggle at first and uh, – 
it's really different now without the uh, you know with with the shortened um, system where they have start in, in Canapolis. Um, you've seen a lot of guys uh, come in and, and struggle. You know, I, I think you look at a guy like a, like a, a Bryce Bush was another guy who uh, a couple of years ago was was taken in, in the thirty third round, and, and maybe he had uh, you know kind of another guy they were surprised to get surprised to sign, and, and he's kind of you know had his his ups and downs. Um, so, you know, not to say you can necessarily compare um, the two two players. It's going to be the same sort of thing, but it's just kind of a, a funny trajectory they have. And, and, you know, the younger you take them, the harder it is to really, um, you know, figure out how they're, how they're going to develop it and, and what they're going to be like and, and how they're going to adjust the competition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt. So with uh, the second round pick, Wes Cass, I know, I know he played like shortstop in high school. I see uh, they got him labeled as a third baseman already. So do you think in the system the White Sox going to put him right at third base, or do you think they'll let him play some shortstop down there? Yeah, they might, uh, you know, give him a shot at some shortstop. Um, you know, it's uh, going to be interesting how they're going to integrate all these guys in. They, you know, they're supposed to sign all, all 20 draft picks. Um and, and, you know, and he, um, you know, certainly uh, him and, uh, uh, you know, uh, first round pick Colson, um, you know, both play shortstop. So it'd be interesting to see how they work him in. They might give him a little little time there and, and to see how he does. And, um, you know, before moving over to third base, I know, you know, White Sox like to uh, to do that. So um, they, they like to start their players in the middle and then move them to the edges. So they might kind of see what he can do there before they, they just move him over. So what so, is what is basically his profile? I mean, what what are the industry thoughts on West Calf? Is it you know he's a contact guy, power guy? I mean, does he have some speed? What what are the people in the industry saying about him? Yeah, yeah, he's another you know left-handed bat, left-handed power. Um, you know, probably not a, as as good of a hit tool as. Um, as uh, you know, Montgomery has, but um, you know, he certainly you know got a lot of pop and some interesting, interesting power. So he's somebody that could have um, you know went in the uh, you know in the first round. I think the the White Sox were prepared to take him first round if uh, Montgomery hadn't been available. So you know that's uh, you know certainly that's definitely interesting. But uh, the interesting thing about him defensively, he's got a real real strong arm. So they talk about him more as a first base, third base type. But, um, you know, with that arm, you like to see him over there at third. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know that, that people were actually looking at him for first base. Go go ahead. You had something to say, uh, Greener? Yeah. No, I was uh, speaking about Cap. I was looking, you know, at him offensively. And it's funny that Ken brought up his arm because that's the one thing that stuck out to me. Like, this guy has a bolt action on the right side of his body. So – uh, I was thinking, you know, this could be a little bit far-fetched. Uh, Kath might be the one to move around just because he's going to stick. He, he's going to hit the ball prolifically. It's just where are you going to be open at the diamond? Now, third might be the best place for him just because of the arm strength and the hand. But I could even see him play, being a super second baseman too, like a Jonathan Scope type type of player too uh what do you say about that can you think he's the type of guy that can move all over the infield yeah i mean it'd be interesting to to try him out there you, you know there's a lot of guys going from uh you know from from third base if you even tried Berger, who you thought was uh you know was a strict first baseman uh you know even people they have have moved from from third to first and they've tried him there i mean i know you know he's um 
he's, uh, you know, slimmed down quite a bit, but um, yeah, I don't see, you know, why they, they couldn't, couldn't try him there. But, um, you know, I think they're probably, you know, middle of is a weak spot in the, um, you know, in the system. So it's possible they give him, they give him a, you know, a little bit of a shot there, but uh, it's probably, you know, stick more over, over a third, I, I would say, but um, you never know what they might try um, fit guys in. Yeah. Now, what do people say about his fielding? Are are they uh, is his fielding uh, considered like questionable, or is he a pretty solid fielder right now for a guy coming out of high school? Yeah, he's um, yeah definitely an interesting uh, you know fielder. He um, you know mostly you know they talked about his bat, and that's what uh, what he's here for. But um, yeah, I think defensively he has some some potential to uh, to hold his own in there. Okay. Go ahead, Ozzy. I was I was just going to uh, ask you, Ken. How often do you guys disagree over at Future Socks about certain players? Like us four are talking about it, certain individual now. Do you guys have different opinions? Which I, I guess you must. Every Socks Twitter ha- we, Socks Twitter account can argue about two flies on the wall. So I'm sure that you <laughs> take, could take something to James Fox, for instance, and he does he ever push you or say? No, nah, you're totally wrong, and you get into a bit of throw hands or what? I mean, is it much discuss about certain certain players? Do you think one's better than and you know some other guys over there that you're right with? Do they disagree with you a lot, or you're pretty much on the same page? Um, no, I would say you know there's a, there's a lot of disagreement about guys and a lot of discussion uh, about guys. I mean, I, you know, it's not uh, it's obviously more civil than the uh, the Twitter world, um, <laughs> but uh, um, you know, we certainly have discussions about about guys and, and go back and forth. Um, you know, you know, all the time. I mean, really, we're always having these little discussions about about players here and there. And you know, I know just um, uh, recently we we're going back and forth about a couple guys. Um, you know, we were talking about the, the the rankings, which we'll have coming out soon, and you know, it's going to be different because uh, most of the guys um, at the top of the system have uh, you know have graduated. Um, we got lucky at the beginning of the year where um, you know a lot of guys were held over, but now you know um, Vaughn was still on there, Kopech, Crochet. Now those will be gone, so it's interesting top top uh, top five. And we were kind of going back and forth about a couple players. Um, you know, uh, they're both down in uh, Canapolis right now, uh, Jose Rodriguez and, and Brian Ramos. And, um, you know, certainly not all on the same, same page there about their, uh, their impact and, and, you know, their potential. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we usually come to some sort of, uh, I guess, consensus on things. On how to, or how to write them up and, and whatever. Cause I did hear James talking about Colson Montgomery. If he hangs around long enough in the draft, that that's who the Sox would draft first, and lo and behold, it happens. So I, I was just curious about that. If he, obviously it's a good pick, um, a very good um, thing for James to say, and then it came through for the White Sox. I mean, that would didn't know if you guys at all sort of thought, nah, I want to, he'll go in round, you know, first round pick ten or pick twelve. There's no way known he'll be still there for the Sox. But no, nah, interesting. Thanks for your thoughts on that, Ken. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, as far as Montgomery, I mean, he was rumored from the beginning and, and really early. So I guess the only real, you know, real danger was if, if he was going to get, uh, you know, picked up, uh, picked up sooner because his stock seemed to rise. I mean, he had the, uh, the combine, which, you know, is a new thing with, uh, with COVID and, and he was what the number one in, in agility in, uh, you know, there. And, and he started, his stock started to rise, but, um, you know, the, sometimes they have kind of these uh, pre-deals worked out and, um, you know, they kind of tell their team they're interested in drafting them. You know, I'm going to the Whites, I think I've got to deal with them and, and teams will back off. So, you know, that could have been the case there because the White Sox were, um, you know, were on them early. So, um, you know, they were interested all along. So you never know what's really going on behind the scenes. Yeah, true, true. And if James knew that before he... Sounded fabulous about it. Oh, he'll come to the Sox, yeah, Montgomery's house. <laughs> no, nice work, nice work. I thought it was always interesting when, even going back to Garrett Cole, when he was saying that um, Pittsburgh called him and said, yeah, we're going to draft you. Is that, that's only a baseball thing or is that a, is that, do the NFL players do this when, or teams do? Yeah, I mean, baseball is different because you're not locked into to signing with, with the team, um, you know, and, and that's why you'll see, you know, high school guys have, have the most, uh, the most leverage because they can always, uh, you know, they've usually got scholarships and go to school. Um, but somebody sign, you know, usually drafted in, in the first round, they're going to, um, they're going to sign because the slot bonus is something like, uh, you know, three, they're going to get a lucrative deal. Right. Right. So, so they're not going to pass it up, but, um, you, you'll get, um, you know, guys in, in later rounds and they'll say, well, if I don't get this much, I'm, I'm going to school or, or whatever. And, you know, even it works the other way too. It was interesting because there was a lot of rumors um, going on before the draft that, that Al Leiter um, wanted to, um, wanted to um, you know, go to Boston. And he was willing to take less money to, to be drafted by Boston um, and was going to tell teams, you know, I'm not going to sign. I'm going to sign with Boston. Um, Jesus you know, Christ. Try Justin's but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he wound up. Um, yeah. Did I say Al later or is Jack later? <laughs> um, same guy. Same guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyways, um, yeah, so you know, there's where he's going to try to hold up for Boston. Uh, Texas might not pick him, and uh, you know, he wound up going there, so they must have, uh, you know, worked it worked it out. So um, definitely different than than um, you know NBA and NFL, which everybody's familiar with, where a player can you know just uh, you know once they once they're drafted by a team, they're they're locked in. So um, a lot of these uh, deals are, are worked out beforehand. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like with Blake Rutherford, who the White Sox got now. The Yankees already had that deal with him. That's why at the time of the draft, he was being looked at as a possible first, you know, pick in the draft, top five pick in the draft, but slid all the way down to the Yankees because they had already kind of worked out a deal that year. And baseball in general is different because you got the pool money. So baseball is the only sport where the – consensus number one player might not get picked first. <laughs> so right, that's, right. that that tells you how weird the baseball draft is. The best player in the draft uh, barely goes, or rarely I should say, goes number one overall. That's how weird baseball is because 
people deploy different strategies. They might not want right. to spend all that eight if they picking first of all, they might not want to spend all that eight million at that slot on one particular player. So they take a player who they feel is good that will sign for less so they can use that money down the road to sign somebody else. So it's kind of a strategy thing, a strategy thing too, as far as with the baseball draft. Has that worked, Mac? Is that, has that been a good thing when you speak about that? Or is that blown up in people's faces? Cause these days they say, take the best player in the draft, not necessarily the, the shortstop you need or, you know, the bat, but with that, um, that logic there is, has that worked in teams? I mean, if you don't know an example, but I mean, if that, I is mean, that a good uh, strategy to take? I mean, yeah, it's been successful. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure Ken can give you some examples of that, but yeah, I mean, it's been successful or teams wouldn't do it. I think for the most part, the first round guys are 70% likely to make it to the MLB in the first round. Now, what plays a lot into it is teams make sure a first round to get every possible, you know, chance, you know, make sure that, that I don't want to say they route is easy because it's not easy, but they make sure they get they make sure every they get to opportunity to succeed. So 70% of the first rounders go make it to the MLB. So it's not like a big deal to see a first rounder go to the MLB. Because 70% of them make it. But I think teams look at draft picks, and Ken may agree or disagree, as general, generally lottery tickets. So if they can get as much talent that's similar to somebody they was going to give $8 million to, if they can get two of those guys for the price of one, they are generally move in that direction. I mean, what what do you think, Ken? Oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, if you really look, even, you know, the first two picks this year, uh, Montgomery and Kath are, are very similar profiles. They're both, uh, you know, uh, left side of the infield, left-handed hitters, power hitters, and it's almost like, well, we, we'll take one, and if he doesn't work, work out, we, we've got the other. And, you know, you'll see that a lot. Where there's a lot of duplications at positions just, just because of that factor. Um, you know, they'll, they'll hedge their bets on players and, and kind of take two, two similar players and, um, you know, and, and hope one of them works out. So obviously you're not talking, Mac, you're not talking about like not drafting Strasburg if you've got your first pick back in the day because we may have two still and ceases in, you know, rounds two and three. But you're not going to leave Cease out there for another. Ah, sorry, you're not going to leave Strasburg out there. Yeah, I'm going back ten years. Whatever, no, I'm I going mean, back Stra- just for an example. Strasburg was considered like a generational talent. Right, right. I so mean, yeah, so I, I, it's a, I misunderstood it, what you were getting yeah, at. The start. A, so you're a, talking about unknown, totally yeah, it's unknown. A, you got to think. Okay, let me put it this way: it's a lot of drafts where you don't have a consensus one. Other teams may feel this guy won. Other teams may feel this guy won. Even in the industry, even in key industry, they probably all disagreed on who was the best player in this draft. You know, even the guys at Future Sox. Because it wasn't really necessarily a consensus one. Even between Lighter and Rocker, it was disagreement. Who was the best pitcher? You know, so it's rare in a draft you get like a Strasburg. Or you get like... Um, what's the other guy the Nationals drafted that the Bryce Harper? Bryce, Bryce Harper. Harper. Yeah, yeah it's, it's rare that you get those type of 
guys in the draft. I know everybody like to stick five two on everybody who come out of the draft, but in reality, a lot of these guys are not five two players because a five two player, you're talking about a generational talent. You're talking about Willie Mays was a five two player. Ken Griffey Jr. Sure, was a five two player. Um Mike Trout was close, you know, close to being a five two player. So you you're talking about these guys don't don't come around. They don't grow on trees. You know what I mean? So the baseball that's what makes the baseball draft difficult is because a lot of these guys are very similar. It's not like it's generational talent coming out year after year. I mean, what what are you thinking? Yeah, oh yeah, I definitely agree. It's it's really hard to project and especially, you know, um looking looking at, at hitters, um, especially, you know, high school, they just don't face the same levels of competition and you know, they're just going to react differently, baking balls. You're, you're just basically looking for guys that, um, you know, make contact and hit the ball hard, and you're really hoping that they, they can develop into into a good hitter. There's really just no way to to project, you know, in, until they, um, you know, they get up there and, and they start to hit regularly. Um, you know, I know scouts have a lot of trouble in, in that they'll go see a high school player and he'll get walked three times the day, the day they see him because, uh, you know, that's a game and they, you know, that the opposing team doesn't want to throw to him. So um, there's definitely, that's why I see such a margin for error because, um, you know, it's just hard to really get a read on a lot of these guys, um, you know, based on the exposure they have and uh, just, you know, how to, how to project, um, you know, what they're going to do at the upper levels. Yeah, you don't even get a sample size if he goes uh, zero for zero with four walks for the day. What do you, what's your thoughts on with that, Ken? Like wooden bats, aluminum, aluminium bats in say high school and even college. It, do you think the um, do you think the guys get a fair read from them that way? If all of a sudden you throw a wooden bat into their hands and all of a sudden they can't hit it as well, and I mean Vaughn showed that he can, but. Vaughn might be one of those uh, players we just previously spoke about, but like you go watch a high school and you say, check out he, if he can mash and he does. Do you see it often where they throw a wood bat into his hand and, and he struggles? Like, is that common? Yeah. Yeah. That's real common. Um, yeah. It's, it's really a big thing that, that scouts look at. Um, they, they like to look at, there's some of these wooden bat leagues, these little summer leagues that guys play in. I know the Cape Cod, what league is one that, um, you know, jumps to the top of mind right now. And I know, um, you know, um, Steel Walker, who the White Sox drafted number two a couple years ago and, um, you know, was traded to Texas. Um, he, he performed really well in, in that Cape Cod league and, and they liked what he did with the wooden bat. Um, so that was kind of, you know, one of the reasons that they, uh, that they drafted him and, you know, there's definitely a lot, a lot of times that they wonder how they're going to, going to do with a wood bat. And, and, you know, another thing where they, they get a wood bat in their hands and it's, it's just totally different. They have to adjust or they can or can't. So right, yeah. um, definitely a huge factor. So well, I, I play, uh, I play baseball right now and my, the league that I play in, we went from having aluminum bats for the last 12 years to having just straight wood bats this season. And let me tell you guys something. The pressure that my teammates have holding a wooden bat is amazing because these are the same guys that's been swinging an aluminum bat their whole life. And then you, you the same 32-29 that they're swinging now, the amount of pressure that they feel is amazing to me. And it's crazy 
because I think that's the whole gap between what you're hitting with metal or what you're hitting with wood. Why do you feel the pressure holding the wood back? Is that it? I I don't know, Ken. Is that something mental for for hitters? I I can't even answer the question. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that would be my guess. Um, you know, it's just something mental. Um, yeah, they know maybe their performance is going to be judged more. Maybe it's just different. They they don't feel as comfortable. Um, yeah. You know, just all those things. So with, yeah, because I, I was excited about uh, Colson Montgomery because of his athletic ability. Uh, he was a three-sport guy. He played football, basketball, and baseball. I've been preaching for years on Twitter with the white size take of pre- a high school guy to premium possess- position with athleticism, and they finally did it. So there's no no complaints um, for me. So I'm excited about Coastal Montgomery for that reason. He seemed to have, you know, the athleticism. He seemed to, you know, uh, people talk about his power. Uh, people talk about his uh, competitiveness. Uh, they talk about the fact that he's a hard worker. And I know that a lot of people say that about every player that's drafted in the first, right, right. In the first round. But it seems to be, you know, some legit uh, compliments that he's been given. I mean, what what was your thoughts when they drafted Colson Montgomery? Was this was was this a guy as someone who followed prospects year round and the draft is you guys thing? Was this someone you was like, man, I hope if he slides to the White Sox, they uh, pull pull the trigger on him. What was that? Oh, oh yeah, totally. I think the White Sox are you know are very happy that they got him. You know, they see him as, as a Corey Corey Seager type, which uh, you know maybe going a little overboard, but um, you know, that, that's the kind of player you're looking at. And, uh, you know, I agree with you. I know, you know, we've uh, gone back and forth on Twitter about the, you know, premium athlete in a premium position. And, um, you know, just hearing his profile, I was like, yeah, well, this would be, you know, a great guy to get if, if they can get him, uh, especially six four guy who they think can can stick a shortstop. Uh, very valuable, um, very valuable prospect. Uh, left-handed hitter, too. I mean, um, you know, that's one thing where you look at the, uh, you know, big league club now uh, and the system in, in general just doesn't have a lot of left-handed power hitters. Um, so, you know, again, that's probably why they, they took Kath as well. They were obviously looking to, to fill that uh, that gap in, in left-handed power. Um, so, yeah, really a, a great guy to get uh, excited excited about both those, uh, those first two picks. Yeah, I mean yeah. – I- Go ahead, uh, Green. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, Ken, you hit the nail right on the head because we're going into a generation to where most of my power hitters aren't just outfielders and DHs no more. Third baseman, second baseman, even my shortstop can hit me 40 home runs. And I've been ringing the bell on Trevor's story coming to the south side. We'll probably talk about that another day or later. But when I seen Colson Montgomery, I was like, there it is. There it is. Give me my power hitting infielder. Give me my third, you know, give me my, give me my taters. But the thing that stuck out to me, and I've read probably a thousand articles on this guy, his brain, Mm. his heart. You're not going to outwork Montgomery and you're not going to be as tactical as him, especially at his age and the room he has to grow. He's only going to get better. Uh, I got laughed at a couple days ago because I compared him uh, personality wise to Craig council because he's a tactical guy. He's always, always on the field. You know what I'm saying? Even in the dugout. 
So that you could build a team around that. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because the white life stuff we do take that to kind of know. Um, you know, Mike Shirley in the interviews was talking about how uh, both Cassett. Kath and Montgomery are uh, our character guys. You come from good good families and, and things like that. And, and believe it or not, the White Sox do really really look at that. I mean, um, sometimes you, you think it's just uh, you know something to say, and they're, they're all going to say that. But uh, right. yeah, I think the White Sox are pretty sincere about uh, about that. I think it, it to them it tells a lot how they'll handle the pressure and they'll handle adjustments and and having the foundation of you know an eighteen year old suddenly. Um, you know, having all this money and being a professional and, and just your life totally changing. And, and they like having that, uh, that strong foundation. So mm-hmm. character definitely plays a big part of it, especially for the White Sox. I'm so excited. You guys don't understand. And I don't really get excited over young guys that, you know, get drafted. I've watched a thousand of these damn drafts. Some of these guys never make it to the show. Some guys do. Like I, I read your article you put out, I think it was at July 7th about how the draft picks are starting to produce a little bit for my, for yes, my squad. Yes. So uh, I'm really happy because I probably don't got to wait that long for Colson to come in and pay some dividends. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, real exciting. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely, um, you know, a lot of these guys, they certainly have a lot of, of young high school, high school talent. So Raw um, talent. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, especially on the pitching side, you might have to wait a little longer. But um, yeah, it'd be nice to see a guy just come up here in a few uh, a year or two. I mean, because he's nineteen, which was was another knock against him. Pretty old, um, yeah. But uh, you know, see him come up and and you know be here at uh, twenty one, twenty two, and just uh, just start raking. <laughs> that would be great, and it'd be rare, especially for us White Sox fans to uh, see something like that. Now, as far as like with Elijah uh, Tatis, are, are you guys getting a little worried about how he's performing, <laughs> or you know, it's like, hey, this this is kind of like his first real full year of professional ball, so let's let's wait and see. I even went back and kind of looked at some of his brother brother numbers. You know, uh, he wasn't with us long. I mean, I think he was in yeah. rookie ball or something when he got you know traded or whatever, and. Uh, it wasn't like Fernando Tatis was killing the minor leagues, I mean, early in his career. So is that something to White Sox fans, you know, if they're nervous or worried at all, should they calm down about Elijah Tatis? Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't worry about it first year playing. and uh, You just see a lot of guys that come up. I mean, um, what was it, uh, you know, DJ, DJ Gladney um, was hitting home runs or striking out, and, and he struck out a ton. And, and he's a player that looks like a, a you know pretty pretty decent prospect. Has um, you know had some some flashes uh, in Canapolis. So I don't really look at those early you know results numbers. Um, you just kind of take them with a grain of salt, um, especially just guys who come in there as one of the first hits professional ball. Um, you know, you really kind of throw that that first year out, kind of, kind of, so to speak. And um, you know, if now if it continues, yeah, you, you'll have to become worried. But I wouldn't worry at this point yet. Uh, so with the with the trade deadline coming up, what is one prospect in the White Sox system you would hate to see go? One guy, if they I, traded, you yeah. would be like, man, this. This would be a. I think this is. A oh, I'm waiting mistake. on this one. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, I, I guess I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> gonna cop out on, on this one a little bit because, uh, you know, I, I've said this this uh, countless times on on Twitter that uh, you've you've got to you've got to go for it this year. You don't get a, get a team like this. You've got Lance Lynn and Carlos Rodon unhittable. So. Um, you know, and I was, uh, so I don't think I'd really be too upset if, if anybody, if anybody went, I mean, um, you know, I guess including uh, Andrew Vaughn, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I was the one saying they, they might even, you know, Vaughn looks good, but I think, I mean, he'd be tough to trade. Kopech would be tough. I mean, I guess if you're, if you're still looking at Kopech as, as a prospect, but, um, I guess, you know, for, for me, for Vaughn, you know, I mean, I guess he showed a little more about being able to play, play left. But uh, right-handed power hitters, first base DH types, you, you can always find one of those somewhere, right? <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> so if you're going to, you know, win a World Series and you, you trade Andrew Vaughn to do it, yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be okay. I'll, you know, you, know, you got you got a window, Done. I guess. But uh, definitely a tough pill to swallow, though. So, so quick, I'll cry. quick I'll question. Cry. Who – who would you place your money on to have a better career, Vaughn or Nick Madrigal? Oh, I, yeah, I think Vaughn has a lot more upside. I mean, um, you know, Madrigal has uh, has has been good, but just uh, his ceiling, um, you know, is probably you know close there or close to it. Um, I don't know how much more you know he, he can do. He just he's not going to hit for power. He may hit for more average. Um, you know maybe he can walk more and raise his on base percentage. Um, but he, you know he probably he doesn't have a, a you know very high high sitting where um, Vaughn. You can definitely see him you know being a, you know an MVP candidate or, or something like that long term. So you know I, I think you see the upside with him where. Um, you know, I, I've kind of talked about, um, you know, maybe he's a guy who should go down when uh, when a light comes back, but then he comes up with a clutch hit or a home run. So you, you definitely see the potential that, that's there long term and how much upside he has. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I, you know, honestly, but I'm a big Magical fan. Yeah, huge. I will I will place the bet my bet on magical and the reason being and I'm not saying you know this is Vaughn first year he'll definitely hit more singles but yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but with magical everything <clears throat> anybody wrote about him as far as what he could become as a player he has done it I mean his hit tool might have been undersold as far as what he can do. With the bat, and I know a lot of people won't say it's special because of the home run or the power aspect, but what he does with the bat is special. I mean, Vaughn, what people wrote on Vaughn, you see glimpses glimpses of it, but it's not consistent. I know this is first year. Uh, with Magical, it was right away. You can see, okay, this guy, what they say he can be, he, he actually can be that. I mean, he actually... What's close to being that with Vaughn, we were sold on basically like he he could hit for average, and I mean I'm not saying you know he 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 never will, but it's not like right out of the shoot you see that that he I I didn't think he would strike out as much as he striking out now. So I mean, what what yeah. are what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's some downside to Vaughn? Do you think maybe? Uh, 
the write-ups on them could be, you know, a little off or what? No, I, I think Vaughn will be okay. I mean, that was, was the big, uh, you know, thing coming into this year. They were going to start him off on the major league roster with only, only 55 games and never playing above, uh, above high A. And I just think, you know, um, Madrigal kind of, you know, he, he developed quickly and he was, you know, you're right. He was what he said he was from the beginning. Uh, every stop, he kind of uh, was Nick Madrigal. Um, you know, he keep, every time he went up a level, he you think he starts striking out more, but no. And, no. Uh, you know, every time he went up. So, yeah, I think Vaughn will be okay long-term. I think it's just a different type of hitter, a different development curve. I mean, Madrill's got an amazing skill set, amazing ability to, to time a pitcher and, and uh, you know, and uh, smack the ball into, into right field or, or whatever he, you know, his, his single. So, um, yeah, he's really a, a special talent too, but uh, just a different, uh, different type of skill set. I think uh, for Madrigal to be three foot seven, the his ability to get on top of a high fastball is amazing to me. There is no way you should be hitting ninety eight at your eyebrow when you're a garden gnome like that. That's amazing to me. That is amazing to me. And uh, to go back to Andrew Vaughn, I learned something about Andrew Vaughn that I did not think was even possible. I could bat Andrew Vaughn anywhere in the lineup except leadoff spot because he doesn't turn the barrel over. That's why I want him to do a job at the plate. Like yesterday was a perfect example. I need a single to right center field to center field. Deliver. Nice. Yep. Keep yep. it. Keep his hands inside hmm. the ball and do the job. Uh, Baltimore, his, his home run to left field that went probably, what, 440? It looked like Miguel Cabrera hit it. He hit it with alligator arms. And then two innings later, he goes to right field. So I don't know who Andrew Vaughn is. Is he my best left field prospect? Is he my future first base prospect? I don't know, Ken. I don't know who Andrew Vaughn is yet. Hmm. Well, last week, yeah. he, was Cubs, he was the Cubs' next right fielder for Chris Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've been running my tweets, huh? You've been running. Oh, no, my you tweets. said it on the show, mate. You said it on the show. <laughs> yeah, we got it. We got to ship them up to Bridgeport. I don't care. Oh, well, Lakeview, I should say. I don't care. I need my World Series. Absolutely. I need a World Series. Absolutely. Uh, Who's your big fish, Ken? Who's your big fish at the deadline? You want these Southsiders to to haul in? Yeah, you know, actually, everybody. You know, Chris Bryant would obviously. Be, be nice, but um, I, um, you know, and I, I've been asking, I haven't heard much talk about, about bullpen arms, and I, I'd really, you know, like to see him add to the bullpen. I, I think that's the weakest point of the team right now. Oh, my yeah. God, I'm about to cry. I'm going <laughs> to It is and, the weak um, point. I don't know who, you know, I haven't heard really talk. I'm really, I'm really wondering who's uh, who's out there, who's available. As can I get, as, uh, um, what's his, Kimbrough? Bullpen pitchers. Like, they, they won't be able to get, uh. What's his name? Uh, Kimbrel's from the Kimbrel, right? Yeah, from the Cubs. yeah. They can't pry him away. He got an option for next year. That's delicious. I mean, I, I, it would cost the White Sox a heavy. I think it would cost a heavy price, especially especially for the Cubs to trade with the White Sox after, again. after the Eloy trade. <laughs> yeah, they yeah I mean, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got robbed on that one a little bit. So it, it would be interesting, you know, to see who the white size could get for the bullpen. But I, I, would you do a Vaughn for Chris Bryant straight up? Let's just say hypothetically 
The Cubs say, give us Vaughn, we'll give you Brian. Would you, How long? Would you How be long? willing yeah. to do that, Ken? Yeah, I guess, you know, that's a tough one because you're only going to have Vaughn for, or Brian for, what, probably the rest of the year. Yeah, um, I need more. I need more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, again, you know, I'm I following the trap, right? You've got a boy, you've got Robert's coming back. Uh, Robert you got Magical back. at second, and you're not moving well, Magical, Yohan Moncada. Magical ain't so coming back you... this year. He ain't coming back. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm saying if we make a trade for Chris Bryant, that can't be a three month trade because I'm not I'm not sacrificing that for uh, uh, nah, you know not. why nah. no I need to know like KB you gonna be on the south side give me at least three and a half years with a vesting option you know what I'm saying uh, I can't do three trading Vaughn just for Chris Bryant straight up for three months you got to give me because uh, nah, that doesn't guarantee anything you you got to give me something with longevity. Not just this summertime fling, and I've had well, some good we, Yeah, we were just flings. talking about a bullpen arm. So yeah, I mean, you're not going to get Kimbrel and Bryant unless you give up yeah. a shitload. Just get Trevor Story and Justin Lawrence from Colorado. And what about what about what's Baltimore got in their bullpen that's worth it? Because our good friend um, Gavin Sheets could he, he loves his hometown of Baltimore. Maybe they'd be a little trade there, but. Baltimore, yeah, they're pretty bad, but they, they, they might they have some arms somewhere. Believer, uh, Miguel oh, they, Castro, I'm trying to figure out who they got that could be serviceable. Yeah, I was just trying to look through their list, but um, well, if you want to make we swept them last week, so it didn't you, look really look good. <laughs> no one looked good. If you want a, if you want a major player, he's you giving up something. I mean, if you want yeah. a major player, you're gonna give up something, whether it's a rental or not. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to part ways with something you feel is. Uh, but Valuable. I mean, you've almost got to dig into the of the teams that are, are terrible. Arizona, who you say Colorado? I mean, yeah, but Arizona, the problem is with bullpen arms is not like they're growing on trees. You know what Let I mean? Let me ask you I guys mean, a question right now: Dominic What would you give the Yankees guy. for a Roldis Chapman? Nobody. Yeah, nothing. Why? Me and Justin spoke about because Wade Davis not, last he not, week. He doesn't, Wade Davis is- he doesn't look the same this year. Yeah, because the pressure in New York, yeah. nobody looks the same in New York. My boy mm-hmm. DJ LeMahieu eroded. Aaron Judge gone. Glaber Torres uh, quadruple let me, A. Let me, me say this: He to me haven't been the same since he was with the Cubs. If, even if you look at that World Series, he gave up a home run to uh, Davis in the World Series with the Cubs. And if it wasn't for the rain, the weather, the Cubs might not even won that won that World Series, bro. He hasn't he hasn't been the same pitcher we knew. I guess what in Cincinnati and all that he hasn't been the same guy. Well, Frank Cohen to bring Shaw back out was the biggest disgrace there. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, oh, uh, so you Ken, know that I've got a me. question for Ken, and these guys will know exactly where I'm coming from because we spoke about this for about a month now. My biggest guy to go get is Max Scherzer. And even though you mentioned bullpen, if we got Max Scherzer for, oh, I'm not even going to say for, for whatever players or prospects, but would you be able to move something else into the bullpen to fill that role of the bullpen and have Scherzer as a starter? And do you think it's possible? Oh, I mean, yeah, getting Scherzer, yeah. I mean, I mean, they're I forty-five and fifty, well out. Justin still thinks they're going to win the East, which are no chance. 
I'm sorry, Ken. I didn't mean to bust in there. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you got a guy like Max Scherzer with all that experience he has in the, in the playoffs and, uh, you know, World Series and Cy Youngs. And, you know, I, I don't see how you could, uh, again, really tough to pass up. And, um, you, you know, it's interesting because somebody's got to go to the bullpen, you know, any, anyway. Um, you know, it likely obviously be, be cease, um, you know, in, in the playoffs. So, I mean, he would, I mean, that would just be an unbelievable, um, rotation in the, uh, you know, in a short series. Yeah. And you throw getting it done. That's getting it done, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah, that would be quite the, uh, quite the pickup. Um, so uh, I've heard that. And I, I thought, uh, I thought, oh, no, he may, they won't get him. That, that, that seems uh, almost impossible, but uh, you never know. Where, where do you and I'm think gonna the you, White Sox are looking? I'm going to ask you right now. Where, where do you personally feel the White Sox are looking as far as adding on? Do you think, you know, it, they're looking bullpen, bat, or – and what specific guy would you, you think they're trying to put their finger on if you, if you had to guess? Yeah, I would. I mean, I guess I would. You know, stay with the, with where the, where the talk's been. I, you know, you've heard you've heard a lot about uh, about Trevor Story. So I, mm-hmm. I think second base. Um, you know, would, would would where they where they would look. Um, and, and so you know, I think Story would probably be a, you know a good candidate with with Frazier, um, You know, as a secondary one. You know, yeah. I, I think I, <laughs> I think they're probably going to pull off a, a bullpen arm. The White Sox always like to have you look in one direction and all of a sudden um, come up up in another. So I, I, I think hate it. Can I be hate it. Be for a reliever. So um, what 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 package of prospects you think you would would be headed to a Colorado for uh, a Trevor Story? Do you think it would be more than a burger or sheets, or, or, or do you think it would be a Jerry Kelly or something like that. I mean, what, what what would you think that package would look like? Yeah, yeah. That's I I don't I don't know if it would be Jared Kelly. That might be you know uh, you know a, a lot to give up. Um, you might be a able lot, to. Mac. Yeah, <laughs> you might be <laughs> able to give him for a a prospect like a you know. I mean, you probably have to give him something you know a little more. Maybe uh, you know a Thompson Dahlquist. Maybe. Uh, you know, one of these guys like a Ramos or, or Rodriguez, um, you know, one, one of those uh, high upside, uh, you know, power hitters who would uh, who, who would do well there in, in Colorado. So I uh, might take, uh, you know, a couple of those names, maybe, uh, you know, one of the high school high school arms and, um, you know, maybe uh, one of those, uh, you know, all hit uh, infielders that they, they've got there. Yeah. Because uh, in Colorado right now they got Brandon, they got they're playing Brandon Rogers a lot, and they got my boy Garrett Hampson in center field. So it's not like they're all locked up in the middle infield. You know, Trevor Story's the only person that's ready for a payday on the roster, and nobody's gonna go out of their way to go grab Charlie Blackman now, especially when all he could do is hit. Well, he his splits roll. Trevor Story split scares me. I don't know about nobody. It doesn't else. matter. He's coming to a a, a home run hitter's paradise <laughs> on the south side. It's still ain't Colorado. It's still ain't Colorado. Do you not, <laughs> Mac, let me tell you. Go ahead. Trevor Story is having a terrible year. And he's only a little bit below average, made you know, major league average 
across the board, OPS, slugging, on-base percentage, average. His average at Colorado is 300. On the road, so do an average player makes us better? He's you not said, average you said player. he average. He's a superstar. He's a superstar. No. Having a bad year on a bad team. I take Frazier over him right now. He's the best player available in trade talks that's no, not ain't. named Max Fraser, Scherzer. Frazier is better than him right now for second base. Frazier goes with the flow. If we're struggling as a lineup in a game, Adam Frazier is just another base hit. He's not a spectacular play to captivate and invigorate nobody. He's not hitting the ball 450 feet towards the concourse. I don't we need, need juice. I don't need captivation. We need juice. I don't. I don't yes, care about do. captivating the crowd. I care about winning. No, it's not about. It's about bringing up your team. Adam Frazier don't propel nobody. He doesn't fire up nobody. That's why the only reason why he. That's what you got, TA for. Is because he's he, his on base percentage is eight ninety. It's a base hit, or they're gonna walk him because they can't pitch to Brian Reynolds. How right you now. looked at his number? He's he would be the second positional player. On the White Sox to make an all-star team. The White Sox had one positional player on the all-star team. And you're talking the about American League is captivating good. the, the League audience? Is good. Trevor Story is a better baseball player than Come Adam on, Ken. Bring, bring some, bring some uh, sense <laughs> to this conversation for me here now. Come on now. Adam Fraser, give right? Give it to me. Give that's it to me, you, give it to me straight, Ken. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I guess um, – <laughs> It depends on the price tag. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I kind of like, uh, yeah, I kind of like story. Uh, I'm kind of partial <laughs> to him, I guess, because he's uh, he's done it before. Uh, my Frazier's had, had one good year. And if you're talking about a short-term, you know, deal, obviously, because you've got Madrigal, um, yeah, I think he might be, you know, just a better act, a better fit uh, for, uh, for a rental player. Okay. I can I can roll with you, Ken. I mean, at least it was it wasn't captivating the audience. You know? It was actually some baseball sense behind it. So some logic. Hey, can you some imagine Trevor Story hitting the ball to the concourse? Man, I don't care about that. I care about can he make contact when we got yep. a guy on third base, third base. I, less I agree than two with outs, Adam Fraser, and bring the guy in. That's what I care about. Can the guy with the most hits, in? leading the league in hits, has got to be considered, Justin. <laughs> well, oh my God, man! So you mean to tell me? All right, so let's just back it up a little bit, a little bit. Let's just. What does Adam Frazier do well? Hit the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make contact. Uh huh. Is he fast? Nope. Strong arm? Nope. Good hands. Sure. He plays second, second base. He plays second base. What do you need a strong arm? Yeah. Magical so don't got a strong arm. Jackson Armour at second base now? Okay, all right. What does Trevor Story do well? Run? Get you get your cock hard by the sound of it. Jesus. He'll be he'll be <laughs> yeah. Really. Gets the blood flowing, Mike. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Trevor Story would be the best shortstop on the team playing second base this summer. Let that sink in. No, I'm not going there. Is you talking about defensively? I'm talking about shortstop. I'm talking about 35 home runs, 120 driven in. I know the splits are ugly, Mac. I know. I know, goddammit. I know. But (laughs) we got a chance to bring in an explosive baseball player, not a good, steady player. Have you ever heard slow and steady wins the race? You ever heard of that saying? Not a pennant race. You ever heard of that saying? 
one of the White Sox problems right now is they get guys on third base less we than two outs, yes, uh, and they can't drive them in because we have a lot of swing and miss guys in those situations. In the playoffs, if you consistently do that, you will lose because you will not get as many opportunities as you're getting in the season currently because you're study-facing quality pitchers because everybody throwing their top three guys or their top four guys. We need guys that can do the little things right consistently. When the Astros lost, uh, I believe it was to the Blue Jays. One of the things, one of the reasons they lost was because they couldn't do the little things right at that point. They was missing double plays. They wasn't driving guys in when they had them on third base, less than two outs. Now, look at what they're doing now as far as the Astros, why they're a dangerous team. They don't strike out a lot. They you do have power. Hold on. They do have power in their lineup. <laughs> but when it's a guy on third base, you can depend on them to put that bat on the ball to get that easy run. And the White Sox have trouble doing that. So I would take a guy that I know can no. do that. That's that's Absolutely why not. that's why they line up. That's why the White Sox lineup was better with Magical Any. He wasn't a power guy. But he but did he all the little things out. right. Exactly. You make him a boy. I don't. I don't want. I don't want Adam Frazier batting ninth in my team. I want Trevor Story batting seventh, so I could turn the lineup over. Do you know Trevor Story has seventeen stolen bases in a down year where he's not even getting on base? You know, what? even so ma- metric can, metric guys don't even care about stolen bases. Me, I don't care about metric guys. <laughs> <laughs> so. If I got it, let's just say, hypothetics, and I'm not going to waste your time. Bottom of the eighth, Trevor Story leads off with a single. Your whole lineup has been shit. Do you want Trevor Story trying to steal second base and trying to get in scoring position to win a run? Or do you want Adam Frazier? Don't we have have Adam Single? I mean, Adam Engel? I say single. Don't we have Adam Engel? We got Billy Hamilton. So I'm not worried about that. Trevor Story out the game. I'm not worried about Look, that. Well, yeah, the 90, speaking about the Blue right Jays, now. the 93 Blue Jays we spoke about, it's one of my most hated teams but the most loved teams. I'm sure team. I'm sure Ken hate them too, Ozzy. Ken hate them too. <laughs> 2003 Marlins, they, all they did was hit. Remember, mm-hmm. remember the problems they gave the Cubs and the Yankees? Yeah. Hit, hit, hit. Mm-hmm. 93 Jays, hit, 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 all they did against the Sox. You want, or, or you can even go back farther than that. You can go back to the... To the red, uh, the the red bird, the Cardinals in the eighties. So they did make contact, hit yeah, the ball. So, uh, if Adam over. Frazier didn't make the All Star team this year, you wouldn't have said he was better than Trevor Story. Look, even Ken, yeah, know, well, well, Ken, know, did, so that's a Ken point, know I'm so. not a big metric guy, but the man is on pace for like a five war or something like that. Come on, man. Trevor Story. Yeah, is not I even... can have a five war no, you in can't. Pittsburgh. No, you can't. Trevor Story is not even Trevor Story is not even close to being a five war player this year. Hey, I'm not saying all that. I'm not Trevor Story. I'm the Ken, Ken, back in the day when you guys were rating Adam Fraser, did you guys <laughs> sit down and talk about Fraser? <laughs> what did you think of him back then? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't around back then. So we didn't, uh... 
talk too much uh, about him. So. Yeah, man. I, I don't want no Adam Frazier. Give me explosion. Give me the creep. Because it's not like as White Sox Adam fans, Frazier is the future of my team. As White Sox fans, coming back. we hooked on home runs. I mean, because all like good teams seem like they hit like 200, 250 home runs a year. So as White Sox fans, we hooked on home runs, you know. So I understand that, you know, but I'm just – to me, the guy can play all over the field. He can play uh, second base. He can play left field. You probably can even put Frazier out there and right. He don't got a cannon for an arm, but you you can put him out there. And you're going to get uh, an extra year from him. So you'll get, you get next year as well. Trevor Story, I don't know. I don't know if we got next year with Trevor Story or not. I don't know if he become – this year is the one that matters. I agree. It does. But his splits should scare you. It, okay. it really should. But Colorado is a, a terrible team on the road anyway. Do, do, do Nolan Arenado splits scare you? It's, I think it might, it might be scaring the Cardinals a little bit. He's going to have a 40 home run season, especially when he heats up next week. Because he already got 20 right now. Okay. I don't think Trevor Story is Nolan Arenado, though. I, I, I think I agree with you a little bit. <laughs> Nolan no, no, no Arenado has probably been the best third baseman in the league for, I don't know, five or six years. Trevor Story hasn't oh, okay. been the best shortstop in the league for five or six years. He probably was never the best shortstop in the league, period. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa who's been whoa. a better shortstop? Hold on, wait, because I'm a big Xander Bogarts guy. You're going to say, who been a better? Ring. Lindor has had better years than him in the past yes, five so. and six years. Yeah. Lindor can't hit a ball without the protection of Jose Ramirez, and that's just one guy. This year? He, uh, this year, he struggled. Oh, huh? now we're talking about Tra- this year, Trevor right? Trevor Story struggling this year. <laughs> hey, it don't matter. He's the He's the only guy on the team left. You know what? Bro, I would take you know how many shortstops I would take over Trevor Story? I would take Corey Seager over Trevor Story. Four. Okay. Corey Seager, Tim Anderson. Yeah. Bogart. Mm-hmm. And you I, gonna say Tatis? Yeah. I might even he only gonna play a hundred games a year? I might even take Baez over. I'm gonna go throw up. <laughs> I'm gonna go throw up, and I love hobby. Baez, you know gi- giving you forty dingers. Besides whatever locker room issues, it seems like he's having. At least everybody's saying he's having some type of locker room issues over there. I guess he's. A, I don't know what you would call him, but I guess he's having some issues over there, as far as being a good teammate. But you never know. I mean, people thought Chris Sale was an asshole, and he went to Boston, won the World Series. People said Adam Eaton was an asshole, just got cut. He went to the Washington Nationals, won the World Series. Seemed like a team guy. They was doing a stupid car thing on the bench every time they hit a home run. So, you know, you never know what, what the uh, Being is. a character guy, that's an acquired taste. I know, Ken, we talked about uh, Montgomery earlier in the show being a character guy. Not everybody's going to be huddled around your locker room. Not everybody's going to be in a rush to talk to you. When you're that type of guy, because you're going to be all about ball. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Javi Baez right now is getting grilled for his work ethic, not him as a baseball player. So mm-hmm. behind the scenes counts too. You know what I'm saying? I agree with you. I agree with you. 
I'm just saying, if you're talking about a dynamic player, those are the words you use. Dynamic. Yeah, no, Trevor thriller. Story is dynamic. That's what I'm saying. I would say Baez is probably more dynamic than him. Well, yeah. Okay, then. That's but, all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm using your criteria, but, bro. Yeah. Both of them better than Adam Frazier. How about that? I ain't going that far. I like two. <laughs> I like two hundred hits. And people might not care about singles no more, but I do. <laughs> Cannon RCI, y'all. I need y'all input. Are y'all gonna say Adam Frazier is a better baseball player than Javi Baez and Trevor Story? Adam, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say he's a better baseball player than uh, than Javi Baez and Trevor Story. No, I don't. Uh... Don't think so. I mean, uh, he's, had, he's had a nice year. It's been been one good year. I mean, um, you know, I think Story's having a little bit of a rough year, but obviously he's been a perennial MVP candidate uh, or in the top 10 MVP voting. So, um, yeah, he's certainly an uh, exciting, exciting type player. Adam Frazier can't protect Nolan Arenado in a major league lineup. Trevor Story can't. And I've seen it for the last four years. Whether the splits you know, tell me a different story. I don't care. I love when my eyes lie to me because I don't got to second guess myself. Trevor Story <laughs> is the best position player available. And I was a big Gallo guy before I found out Gavin Sheets could hit a baseball. <laughs> so, what made you think Gavin Sheets could hit a baseball? I mean, because I ain't seen him. He's 23 what, years old and I've been And what makes you think he's going to be able to hit years. one in three weeks' time? Exactly. I mean, we yeah. I, I thought hey, he, we saw I thought, you, Minator. Exactly. I thought he was the real yeah. deal. Now, yeah. it's a possibility he's talking about retiring, you know? Oh, yeah. He's Everybody, not. even Major League players, was raving about um, Yerman, uh approach at the plate. You know, how he was yeah. shorting his swing with two strikes and all that. Everybody thought this guy was a legit hitter. Then yeah, look, stuff, look what it? happens. That's baseball. Baseball has a way of humbling everybody. The players. He slumped, he the slumped guys down to talk two, about it. 260. Yeah. I mean. I could, I could take 260. We don't, know, take 260. we don't know what Burger or Sheets is. We don't even know what Vaughn is. Be honest, we don't even. We, we have an idea of what Magical is because what he was good at in college, he's currently been good at every, at every professional level he's been at. But. For us to say we know what Sheets is, we don't know. For us to say we know what right, Burger right, is, really don't. we don't know. Yeah. So for us to even say what Vaughn is, we, we we really don't know. We we could see the uh, potential, as Ken said. But for us, if we're talking about winning a World Series, realistically, none of these guys should be unavailable because that's the end goal. I mean, nothing... In baseball, is promised to you. Yeah, because they would have meant to be playing. Yeah, we 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 could have the best team on paper next year and be the Twins this year. So you better have you better win in baseball when you have the opportunity to do so. How right, many? Because what's the chances we got right on next? Year? Exactly. How many per, prognosticators picked? The twins over the White Sox this year. I've seen Idiots. some. I've seen some projections that had White Sox starting in the, in the in the division sometimes. Behind, yeah, were, yeah, I believe the Zips uh, had him had him third, like eighty four, eighty five wins, something like that. Yeah, uh, and that's so. being at full strength, Ken. 
We're not talking yeah. about the yeah. in- injuries that they experience. So it's nothing. If you had told me, Ozzy, Ken, if you had told all of us, somebody told all of us in the beginning of the season, Robert would go down for majority of the season. Eloy will be down for majority of the season. Magical will be down for majority of the season. Tim Anderson will miss some series. Um, Abreu will miss a series. Grandel will go down for some part of the season. Uh, Makata already gone. Makata exactly. Yeah. Makata will miss a series. Ingle will be gone. And somebody said, and you guys will be eight games in first place starting. The second half of the season, we all would have told that guy, what is this? We would have laughed at him and we would have looked at each other and said, what this guy smoking? Oh, yeah, I 100 percent agree. And it's amazing. I mean, started looking at those lineups they were uh, they were putting out there and, and you're just like, there's no way this team, this team can win this game. I mean, you're starting to panic there <laughs> whatever is heard in, in June and uh, they just keep piling up runs and, uh, you know, you know, I mean, the, the Twins, the uh, relief pitching is really bad. Detroit plays a foosball game out there defensively, <laughs> and you think, okay, they're beating up on those teams. But, um, you know, here come the Astros, and, and you beat them two out of three. So, you know, I just uh, – yeah, I don't, I don't see any, any stopping them. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, your year. I mean, when you come up and a guy who was in the minors uh, – it's a uh, walk-off three-run home run in the game you trailed, uh, you know, earlier this week. I mean, that's uh, it's just uh, telling you something. Call it a year by Lynn Casper, by the yeah, way. That, I'm just going to put that yeah. out there. Yeah, I mean, it's an absolutely great season, and that's what I mean. And that's why I think as White Sox fans, yeah, it's great to look towards the future and say, hey, we want to keep this guy, we want to keep that guy. But at the end of the day, it's all about the ring. As a fan, we talk about 2008, but it's not like 2005. We talk about, uh, what was that, the 93 team, but it's not like the 2005 team. We talk about 2000, uh, was it 2000 or 2001? I believe 2000. And, or was it, what's, what's, the kids can play. Was that 2000 or 2001? Uh, that's uh, 2001. I remember that. Oh, I was a little short. When they lost against the Mariners, I believe. When the Mariners mm-hmm. had Edgar Martinez. Yeah. We, we talk about them, but they not looked at the same in the same light as 05. Everybody gives the Rays credit for going to the playoffs. But let's be honest. In history, they're not going to be remembered because they didn't. Win, win a championship, and in sports, that's what it's all about. Nobody's going to remember the Suns had this incredible run, and they went to the finals. I'm sorry, history doesn't judge second place the same way it does first place. Those ninety three, ninety three Phillies against those same ninety three Blue Jays, exactly. How good was that team? And they, no one speaks about that no, team. Exactly. Because no. they didn't win it. Because they didn't no, win Mitch it. Williams is actually my therapist, y'all. Just so y'all know. Mitch Williams <laughs> is my therapist. You know, so I, I agree with Ken <laughs> when he, he said. He, roll, he rolls your joints. <laughs> I, I agree you know, with. He has some real sticky fingers. <laughs> I, I agree with Ken when he said 
nobody is off the lemons when he when he said uh basically yeah the right the right player he'd be willing to go get rid of Vaughn. He wouldn't have no problem with the White Sox getting rid of Vaughn because as fans, we want to see our team win the championship. I mean, playoffs is just part of the journey. Yes, you want your team to make the playoffs because that's the only way they can win the championship. But nobody wants their team to make the playoffs just to say we made the playoffs and at the end of a five-game series, we heading back home. I mean, was uh, 2008, yeah, the, the – um, Blackout game, that was fun. Yeah. No doubt about it. Great, great. It was great theater. But a week later, we was all sitting at home watching the Rays play, and our White Sox was cleaning out that locker room. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Last year, I mean, I didn't uh, have a good feeling, uh, you know, losing the first round, so. You know, just making the playoffs, that was last year. You got to uh, – you could tell it was a special year. Um, it, so exactly. For it. This, this Lee, year yeah, seems Lee special. Liam put us away, Vopel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put you and Mazzaro away. <laughs> Mazzaro was <laughs> terrible that year. Oh, my God. Oh, my – one home run from a guy who had a beautiful swing, Mac. How you only hit one home run? And I love Mazzaro's swing, bro. Yeah, yeah, that was uh... – that was one lottery ticket that didn't work out right there. That didn't. My line didn't of work, we out. call him a bum. <laughs> you know, but look at this year. It seemed like all the lottery tickets panning out from Hamilton to uh, Goodwin. Goodwin batting, batting clean up every yeah, week. Yeah, I mean to Sheets coming up to Burger. I mean, look at look at Burger. I mean, people talk about um, what's his name, uh, Vaughn. But Berger didn't have a ton of experience in the major, I mean, in the minor leagues either because he was injury played. You know, yeah, what I no, mean? he was hurt for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. So, and he come up, you know, swinging the bat a little bit, providing uh, something for the team. You know, so I mean, like Ken say, this is a special year. I would like to see the White Sox do everything they possibly could as an organization to submit it to, you know, whatever they feel is the moves the needle. And put us over the top. I would like to. I would like to see him do that. I mean, I think this year is no real dominant team. It's no nineteen twenty six Yankees out there. You know what I mean? That you can just say, "Hey, man, this this team is just dominant." You know, ain't what no I mean? regular Yankees out there no more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I think the White Sox could be every team in the AL right now that currently could make the playoffs. You I would say the White Sox have a, a a good chance of winning. I think they could, bro. I don't think we uh, can. I think they could. I I'm not. I, I'm not going. We could with Trevor Story. We I think they can because Frazier. I think they can because of the pitching, man. I think. Yeah, Lynn, I agree. Was, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. You got Yeah. No. You got to face uh, Lancelin and, and Rodon uh, four times out of seven games. Um, so that's gonna be tough for anybody. Yeah. yeah. Especially with Kopech a few games out the pen too. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, uh, Aussie, when you said Max Scherzer come to the team, would you go? Uh, uh, how would you line up that playoff rotation with uh, you know three or four starters, especially going up against a lineup like Houston? That's well, that's I, the cream of the crop. Well, I definitely wouldn't want to upset uh, Lynn or Rodon <laughs> by by throwing Max the ball first go, but. 
you'd have a conversation, you put them all in the same room, like, hey, we're here to do a job. Let's get serious. Let's look at the matchups. Max is here now. We're going to do something. Geo, if you need to sit back a day or Rodon, you need to sit back a day. We've got Max to win us a World Series. You've done perfectly well for us this year, but this is a business. And go out there and do your job on your day. So I'd go Lynn, Scherzer, Rodon, uh, depending if it's a best of five or best of seven, but just say, hey, when we need you guys, we'll, we'll give you a call and you come in and do the job for us. And if you can't Perfect. handle that, you're not professional because this is a professional business and it's about winning the World Series. And if you upset your leader, you're like your little tweet, Justin, then so yeah. be it. Well, this, is Papa. More, this is a little bit more than that. This is about winning. What? And if you get Scherzer in, you're not going to get him in to sit the bullpen. You're getting him in to fire nine, eight or nine, eight, seven, eight, nine innings in a single fucking game, game two. And we'll get you back for game five in a game seven series. Game six, sorry. How how would you line it up, Ken? Yeah, I guess I'd really have to study that uh, that, that Houston lineup. But um, uh, to me, I guess it's uh, you know, uh, Lynn, uh, you know, Lynn Rodon one two. I mean, if you're you you know you're talking about Bouchers uh, or given his experience, but yeah, maybe you do slip him in there in a game two. I mean, he's he's still having a great year. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's still top of his game. So, you know, a guy like that uh, with all that experience, um, perennial all-star. Um, Hall of yeah, Famer, you got to give him the ball. That's why, that's why you're that's acquiring That's first ballot so. Hall of Famer, Ken. You roll the ball yeah. in game one, do we? <laughs> I might I throw him game one. I'm not going to lie. He Like Ken say, he got the experience. I mean, I think, I think Lynn and Rodon are big boys. I think they will understand. I think they could handle it. I think at the end of the day, they want a ring on their finger, on their finger too. You know what the I mean? The only person you so, got to coax is probably Giolito out of the one. Uh, Giolito, you like, hey, Giolito four in that situation. Yeah, five. Yeah, I, want, I want six G- G- over Giolito. No, nah, I'm not going that far. And Giolito. I'm going that far. Nah, what does he do today? What does well, he do today? That's just today. Yeah, he's not dependable. So bro. what do Giolito do against Detroit? We're not going. I'm just saying, if it's Cesar Giolito, I'm going with Giolito. I had, to, I got to be honest. Uh, that's, right. I, I just got to roll with Giolito. No, uh, Cease got better stuff, especially uh, shorting it out. Yeah, but support him with but the bullpen. Cease got better stuff, but Giolito got a better mind. He can, he, yeah. he can handle. Yeah, okay. He can handle it. He can, he can function. You know what I mean? He's. He, I mean, Giolito's ERA. He, he not gonna. Uh, he not gonna fall. Up, he not gonna fall apart, bro. He not gonna fall apart. That's what I. Yeah, sure. That's what I care about, man. But I would go. Uh, Scherzer. Uh, Rodon, then Lynn. I would actually, and the reason I would go Scherzer, Rodon, Lynn, just in case, let's say we have a hiccup in game one or game two, you got Lynn there to kind of be like a stopper or something, you know what I mean? You I got three I, stoppers, I, low key. Yeah, but I trust Lynn to be more of a stopper than Rodon. For example, like we talking about Adam Frazier, this is Rodon's first great year, so it's kind of like right. the, the same thing, you know what I mean? Uh, before you get out of here, Ken, I got one question for you. Okay. You gonna would you take this team heads up against the 2005 team? And we going if everybody's healthy. The 05 team is healthy, so we're gonna even add Frank Thomas to that because Frank Thomas 
was uh, on the old five team. Bro, how you gonna do that to me? I'm cheating because uh, Robert and uh, Robert and Elo ain't healthy right now. So I'm Man. I'm saying both of the squads is at full strength. Five hundred home runs. Who you Max who you who you who you who you going with, King? <laughs> oh, with a healthy Frank Thomas, <laughs> with a, a a full Frank. I I I guess I gotta go with 05 with the yeah with with that in there. I mean uh, Frank. Uh, no nobody's Frank. I mean uh, he's just uh, well Hall of Famer, best player in White Sox history. Um, he was, you know, he played the full season. Um, yeah, unbelievable player. I mean, you know, he still got a lot of, you know, I mean, Eloy and uh, Robert are, are good players, but they're still kind of, you know, guys you, you, you don't have, have proven. They haven't done it for multiple years. So mm. um, you still don't know exactly what you might get out of them. Okay, so so real quick, would, would you go – is you taking Jermaine Dye or Eloy? Jermaine Dye. Oh, yeah. Mm. 100%. Okay. So, Robert 100%. or Aaron Rowan? Uh, oh, give me the yeah. Pantera. Give me the Pantera. <laughs> yeah, i go Robert. Vaughn or um, Scott, Scotty Pops? Mm, that's really apples and oranges there. I, I, I'll go with Scotty Paz for what he did for that team. I mean, uh, whoa, different era of ball, but uh, he certainly uh, – I like it, kid. He was important for that team. I like it. Okay, no Joe, Joe Creedy, Yoan Moncada. Mm, I'll go I'll go Mon- Moncada there. I love you, Ken. I love you. <laughs> Tim Anderson, Juan Uribe. Uh, yeah, another. I gotta go, Anderson. I mean, uh, uh, knowing what they've done and what they can do, but uh, yeah, I mean, Anderson's. Uh, you know, um, I was writing about about him and just uh, you know leadership on and off the field, um, good person off the field, and just an amazing, amazing player. Tadahito or Nick Magical. <laughs> uh, I'd probably go with Magical there. Probably okay. go Magical there. Abreu or Pauly? Ooh, I gotta go Canerco. Okay. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a tough one, though. Ozzy, Ozzy, I like want to hear you. Who you going? Pauly or Canerco, Ozzy? I mean, Pauly or Abreu? Who you going, Ozzy? Abreu. Okay. Okay. Uh, AJ. Or Grande? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, another uh, tough one. I mean, um, yeah, I guess I might go AJ. Just, it, just you know, probably on numbers, it's, it's not going to work out. But just uh, who he was and what he meant to that team and that leadership, uh, I might I might go with AJ. Okay. AJ don't take plays off, Ken. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's, he's a very uh, – High intellect baseball guy too. I mean, look what he Vocal did guy. with the Angels on that Angels play. You know that was very smart. yeah, yeah. The White Sox don't win the World Series without that uh, drop third strike call, right? Yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. So you yeah. going Contreras or Giolito? Contreras, hundred percent. You going Mark Burley or uh, Radon? Mm, I'll stay. I guess I, I, this year, um, 
Yeah, I, I that's a tough one too. I probably go Burley though. I mean, uh, what? He just always seem to do it. I mean, uh, he just had a way to win, I guess. I mean, um, Carlos misses bats. Isaiah oh, look like you want to you want to chime in on that one. You going who you going? Burley you or, know, or you know or, you know Burley's my dude, man. <laughs> yeah, because of the beer, right? Yeah, the beer, the thirteenth inning coming in and yeah. sneaking a few bush lights. He's you a better he's hold a the hunter. ice in the cooler, huh? He <laughs> he proposed to his missus in a tree stand. How can I not? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so sweaty Freddy or Lance Lynn. Oh, Lance Lynn on that one. Give me Hoss right yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. Dylan Dylan Cease and uh or uh John Garland. I go Garland. Yeah. Garland, Garland for me. Garland <laughs> Was it the curveball or the cutter? Which one? <laughs> and he it was go the to get the... out of the it was the get out of the fifth inning for me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't really like. I don't like y'all jokes tonight. I swear that was a good one. Hey, I, I like, like that getting, one, I like getting quote tweeted on Twitter for those cease <laughs> haters. Come on, name us then, man. We're not haters. Oh. We just want them to do better. Uh, and the last and final one: Bobby Jinx four and two thirds or Hendrix. Go oh, Hendrix. You better not even ask me this. Go <laughs> Liam. <laughs> You you say Hendrix pretty fast there, Ken. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> Bobby James got back to John Dunn, but Hendrix, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's been lights out. He's been automatic. So, but you only you That's only can call in you only can call in Bobby Jenks like this, you know, like I do. <laughs> yeah, right. I know the people can't see it, but you you only can call in Bobby Jenks like that. But yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, we, we thank you, Ken, for coming on the show. It's nice to put a face uh, with the Twitter handle. And I, I see why you're a pretty laid-back guy on Twitter because you uh pretty laid-back, you know, in holding the conversation. So it, it's nice to put a face uh, to the Twitter handle. And I, I enjoy interacting with you. Uh, there's never nothing really negative. We always talk about players. I, I even looked up the guy, you know, you you told me to look up. I don't, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Harry know. Ford, right? Yeah, yeah, Harry Ford. Yeah, so I even looked him up. You know that was nice, and uh, you know I enjoy the work you guys do. I really do. I, I probably would say my first introduction to White Sox bloggers, and I don't consider the one hundred eight guys really bloggers. I consider them more, you know, podcasters. You know, so my first, you know, introduction to blogging on White Sox Twitter was. You feature size guys, you know, and, and I l- always like the setup you guys had. I think um, at that time y'all had like um, CUAs. I, f- I forget her uh, exact Twitter handle. Then y'all had Dan Victor too at the time and some of the other guys. So, you know, I always enjoy the work you guys do, man, because it's hard. I mean, writing, the, writing about people <laughs> who no one is going to see for at least – Three to five years, that, that's pretty difficult to do. And then holding people interest interest on that as well, having people stay interested in that as well is, is pretty difficult to do, man. So you guys do do a good job. I love um, reading uh, you guys' top 30 thing. I think the only thing I really gave you guys bullshit about is uh, 
Zach Collins. I don't know if that was you, but y'all, like, y'all kept Zach Collins in that, <laughs> in that top 10. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you guys, yeah. <laughs> you guys kept Zach Collins in that top 10. I think that's the only, only BS I give you guys. And sometimes I give, uh, James some BS on Twitter. I got to give it to him every now and then, but, uh, I enjoyed, I really thoroughly enjoy the work you guys do because I like looking at baseball from every level, man. So, so thank you for coming on the show, man. It was great having a conversation with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And yeah, thanks for all the comments about Fear Sox. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's fun writing. And, uh, yeah, it is sometimes you wonder, uh, I'm writing about some uh, uh, obscure player at Canapolis. Is anybody going to read it? But it's it's good to know people do and uh, and enjoy the work. So, yeah, so, I appreciate you having me on. It was, uh, it was fun. So, so, Ken, just quickly, just quickly, when do you start putting pen to paper for the 2022 draft? I mean, yeah, oh. this week, next week, six months from now. <laughs> yeah, no, we will, we'll start looking at that, um, you know, probably the beginning of, uh, of, of, of next year. I mean, uh, we'll probably start looking at it then. We'll, we'll be focusing next, you know, on our, uh, on our top 30 uh, rankings now and, and trying to figure out how these draft picks fit into the top 30. So that usually comes out in August. So that'll be yeah. our next, uh, no, our next subject. And then, beautiful, beautiful. you know, a little slower in the off season. We'll probably start looking at the draft beginning, uh, beginning of 2022. Yeah. They, they're pretty sure they got their eyes on some stuff. Now they just don't know exactly where the white Sox slide in. But I'm pretty sure knowing them guys, they probably looking at some stuff from the PG nationals this past, oh, this, no past doubt. No week, doubt. this past week, them guys uh, looking at some stuff, you know, but I really enjoy it, man. I hope, you know, you had a good time, and I hope, you know, you, you will come on again. Maybe you will do a rundown of you guys' uh, top 30, 30 uh, list you got coming out, and uh, you can educate us some more on, on some of the White Sox prospects, and you can give us some of your uh, surprise prospects, prospects that people not talking about, some guys that you feel are being overlooked that, that – uh, you know, not getting any uh, attention nationally from the media or something, or or even from some of your colleagues, and be like, "Hey, man, this this a guy that I would, you know, keep my eye on if I was you." So, so we really appreciate you, and hope you come back on, Ken. Sure, sure, yeah, anytime. Love talking uh, baseball and the White Sox. So, um, anytime, just let me know. All right, thanks a lot, Ken. Thanks, thanks Ken. All right, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, th- thanks once again. So you was listening to the Black and White. I hope everybody have a good night, enjoy themselves, or have a good morning whenever you listen to this. And we out, and go White Sox.